tablets will be devoted to that. Let's pray. Father, we're here in the name of your son. We pray, Lord, for your servant, Kathy Nolan, that she would be a faithful and enthusiastic and spirit-filled servant, and that you would be pleased with the things she says, and that you'll be pleased with the things we think and do. In Jesus' name, amen. morning. It's a little strange to be standing down here, but uh, it, it uh, helps me feel like I'm less far away from you. And uh, I almost feel like I could be roller skating down here, but I think that might distract from what I'm trying to say here. So uh, I'll, I'll spare you this morning. Well, the living God is trying to get our attention. Wherever you woke up this morning... He was sitting on your bed right next to you, just kind of sitting there, grinning, waiting for you to wake up. He'd been with you all night long. And, uh, and as you began to sleepily awake, and maybe some of you haven't done that fully, he just wanted to tell you about the day. He wanted to tell you about the, uh, the beauty outside, and he threw open the window and, uh, and he pointed to uh, all of the, the beauty out there, those wonderful smelling pine trees, those, those flowering pear trees. Uh, if you could look a little bit further, and some of you can almost see that from your room, the, the glistening ocean out there. A few days ago, a little bit of powder, uh, snow powder on the mountains. And he said, get up, come, enjoy this with me. Because I'm here, and I'm trying to get your attention. Well, when you first put your feet on the floor, he wanted to talk to you a little bit about the day and assure you that he would be with you in each class, in each chance encounter. He'd be smiling at you as you stared in the mirror. Kind of an intimidating thought, isn't it? He'd be smiling at you as you stared in the mirror, and he'd be whispering about the possibilities of this day. I believe the living God is trying to get our attention, yours and mine, to break through our preoccupations, to break through our schedules, to break through the demands. Can he do it? Can we put down our headsets long enough to hear him? Can we put away our newspapers and our conversation long enough to hear him? Let's ask him to speak to us now. Jesus, many of us have to admit that we didn't know you were next to us when we awoke, and we forgot to thank you for our rest and for a new day in which to live. Forgive us, Father, for forgetting that you're here, and forget us for trying to enter this day on our own power. Distract us from our routines and place your song in our hearts today. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, a few years ago, I had a seminary class, and it was on discipling. And maybe some of you have had classes like this, where um, you go into the class, and uh, instead of just learning about discipling, uh, it was all about being discipled. We had to go through the whole process 
during that time, uh, during that quarter in our seminary class and just be discipled and, and learn how to be disciples. And that was the very be- best part. But I remember at the very beginning of the year, in the very first class, the professor said to us, um, you know, I'd like you to take a little time this morning. Now, there's a lot of people in this class. And he goes, I'd like you to take a little time this morning. Um, take about 20 minutes or so. And what I'd like you to do is to uh, just sit in silence and ask God what he would like to say to each of you individually in this new school year. Just take a little time. Just be silent. Now, this was a strange assignment. Take 20 minutes. Listen to God. Now, listening to God wasn't new to me. I had, I had done that kind of thing before. But when I had listened to God before, I felt um, I needed to have all of my, uh, my things in place. Do you know what I'm talking about? I needed to have um, my quiet place. I needed to have my chair that I set aside. I needed to have my... Um, My Bible, I needed to have my special devotional books, and of course, the mandatory cup of coffee. I mean, this was how I met God during the day. But what this professor was asking us to do, all 80 or so of us in this multi-tiered, cold classroom, was to have our own little silent retreat for a while and listen to God. And uh, I couldn't imagine that God would really speak. Yeah, I, I hate to say, but I was a little skeptical about this. And, uh, and, and I didn't expect that God would speak to me in that kind of a, a situation. Well, now, you know, we've got these little desks, the little right-handed desks, which always frustrated me because I'm left-handed. And, um, and the, the clock is ticking, and it really was kind of uncomfortable and stiff in there. And I thought, okay, I'm going to give in to this, and I'm going to do this. Well, we all did that, and I... I can't tell you what happened with everybody else, but what I'd like to share with you this morning is how God met me in that kind of rigid, um, strange place to meet with him. And, uh, And he did come, and he did speak with me. Well, as I sat there tapping my pencil and uh, kind of looking at the clock and uh, wondering if my parking meter was going to run out outside, um, and I had this blank three-by-five card in front of me, too, because anything we heard, we were supposed to write down. I'm kind of going, okay, well, whatever. I'm doing this, and uh, out of the blue, three words just fired through my thoughts that came only from God, and they were these three words. Listen, submit, and enjoy. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, listen, submit, and enjoy. And, and I, I kind of sat there stunned for a minute. And I wrote the words down on my three-by-five card, and I thought, I heard that. That didn't come through. My, I have no idea. Bless you. <laughs> Oh, man. I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Does God speak in other ways as well? Okay? He spoke through my thoughts that day. He spoke through what we just heard over here. You need to listen to what that song was. 
His primary communication is through his word. And uh, all of you, perhaps, maybe not all of you, I don't want to assume, have had that experience where you're reading your Bible and it's almost like, it's almost 3D, it's almost like one or two of those lines just jump off the page at you and say, this one's for you. And maybe you've read that passage again and again, but this time you know it's aimed at you. And certainly God speaks to us through his word. Or you've been praying that God would let you know whether you should go to seminary. And out of the blue, once again, a friend maybe that you haven't heard of or heard from for quite some time calls you and says, you know, the weirdest thing happened to me. I was praying and, uh, and God told me um, to give you this money and I don't know what it's for. And it just happens that you couldn't have gone to seminary unless you had that money. Well... That exact thing happened to my husband, and it was a really interesting experience early on when we were married. Or maybe you're depressed, and you you go down and you wander on the beach, as I sometimes do when I need to think about things, and uh, and you're walking around, and and you're just asking God why. Whatever whatever the questions are, you're asking him, and, 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 and over to your left, as you're walking down the beach, this... I love dolphin. You're going to hear me talk about them all the time. But this school of dolphin come up, and they come up slowly, and they, and they don't move along. They kind of just stop, and you know how that one eye, if you've ever seen these guys, that one eye just kind of stares at you out of the side, you know? And just, they just watch you, and you think, whoa, God's creation. And um, as C.S. Lewis says, you're surprised by joy, and God's speaking to you during that time. Or you're wondering if you should, if you should marry a particular person. And I know I've talked with several students recently who have been considering this. And uh, you just happen to go to church that Sunday, and you sit down and you open the bulletin, and it says uh, that the sermon is, "Behold thy mate." Um, well, maybe that's a little, uh, maybe that's a little extreme, but sometimes God speaks that way too, and sometimes uh, those things happen. Or you're uh, rushing to get to the movies on time, and uh, you never get anywhere on time, but you, you're just, this movie you really want to see, and you also want to see the previews before, and you're racing, and uh, all of a sudden you look down at your gas gauge, and it's on empty. And um, you think, oh, rat, yeah, I've got to stop at the gas station, and, and it's going to take so much time, I'm going to miss the beginning, and, and you start to fill the tank of your car at this gas station, and right across from you, is uh, is someone who's kind of staring at you and filling their gas tank too, and uh, they go, what, what's, uh, what's that fish on your car? I see that fish everywhere. Can you tell me what that's about? And you're kind of going, uh, okay. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through people. God speaks to us through our thoughts, through his creation, through our experiences, through our friends. God wants to speak to us and he's all around us if we will wake up and see him waiting for us in his book hearing god dallas willard tells the story of peter marshall the scot who in the middle of the 20th century became one of america's most widely acclaimed ministers he's the one who brought the office as you may recall of the chaplain of the united states senate to new prominence. And this is the story that Willard tells of um, his uh, hearing God. Back in Britain on one foggy 
pitch-black Northumberland night, Peter was taking a shortcut across the moors in an area where there was deep, deserted, a deep, deserted limestone quarry. As he plodded blindly forward, an urgent voice called out, Peter. He stopped and answered, yes, who is it? Kind of remind you of Samuel right there. What do you want? But there was no response. Thinking he was mistaken, he took a few more steps. The voice came again, even more urgency, urgently. Peter. At this, he stopped and, trying to peer into the darkness, fumbled forward and fell to his knees. Putting down his hand to brace himself, he found nothing there. As he felt around in a semicircle, he discovered that he was right on the brink of an abandoned quarry, where one more step might certainly have killed him. Peter, Peter, can I get your attention? We hear stories like that all the time in religious publications. You see them all the time. Uh, Stories from around the world, stories from missionaries where God is speaking. Elizabeth Barrett Browning has written, Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. Can you see? Well, back to my story. Listen, submit, enjoy. Why did God give me these these three words in the uh, last year of my seminary experience? Well, first of all, let me say that um, I... uh, I had just moved here, and I've told you that story a little bit, but I had moved here, I was renting a home, and my husband, still running a company up in the Bay Area, was only able to be here on the weekends. And so the house was uh, very crowded with myself and my golden retriever, Kate. And it was just the two of us uh, all week long. And my assignment as I lived in that house was to finish my seminary studies. And so I had a whole lot of time in that house to uh, not only to study and uh, time to go out and walk around the track because I live very close to the track right here at school, but lots of time to be alone with God, to ask questions, to, to allow his presence to be with me. And uh, my children were here, but they were occupied with school and uh, with jobs. And so it was an enforced stillness. I began to ask the question, okay, you've given me this word. What is it that you want me to learn? And I I began to get the feeling that he wanted me to have, uh, to listen to him um, differently than I had before. And he wanted me to give over some of the things that I held on to for dear life. And he wanted to teach me about enjoying him. Enjoying God. And I thought, I like this one. I want to find out more about this one. Well, what did I learn about listening? Isaiah 58, 9 and 11. Read this way. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. And these were the Lord's words for me about listening. 
I did call on him, and he did answer, not always in the same way, but he answered. There were times when I really needed him, when I felt alone. I didn't know anyone here, very, very few people anyway. Um, and uh, sometimes it was frightening, you know, all during the night. It was kind of scary, and I, <laughs> I remember being... I remember being in bed and like in the middle of the night, the dog would sleep next to my bed and she, and she would just sit up and she would just get this attention and stare toward the window, which, of course, always made me feel pretty relaxed. Um, and it was that kind of thing where I just needed God to be there with me. Sometimes things would break. Sometimes I would question, why am I in seminary? What are you doing? You know, or question my call, question how to study for a particular class that was really hard. And God was there. I began to grasp that this isolated time would come to an end, and I must savor the days and weeks and learn everything from him that I could. Because I hardly knew a soul, I became much better acquainted with the one who I'd kind of known my whole life, and it became sweeter. And I got to really depend on that time and desire that time. I learned that if you want to hear from God, you must have time and space. I had lots of that. Well, maybe not as much time because I was studying a lot, but there was lots of space and, uh, and no distractions. I learned that you need to expect to hear from him. You need to expect that he is there and he desires to communicate with you. I learned how to distinguish his voice from others. Now, I can't say that I'm a professional at that by any stretch, but there are other voices that invade our thoughts, our own, Satan's, um, thoughts that will uh, distract us and pull us away. And God is trying to speak to us, and he says, Know my voice. I am the shepherd, and you are my sheep. And then finally I learned that we need to accept the adventure. We need to accept the adventure that God puts us on. For me, it was, it was being here, it was studying, and it was waiting to see what God had in mind for me. But that's kind of a, just a brief summary of what he taught me about listening. I have to admit, when it comes to the uh, word submission, I don't get really excited when God says, submit to me. That word submit reminds me of the word discipline. It reminds me of the word obedience. It has the feel to it of gnash your teeth. And, um, and I didn't really like the word submit, but it was I knew exactly what he was talking about to me. And maybe some of you also have a sense when I use that word Submit. What might God be requiring of you? James 4, 7 reads, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Ever noticed how hard it is to draw near to God when you're trying to resist him at the same time? Have you ever noticed that? It's really hard. This verse implies that submission is taking steps toward God. And as we take steps toward God, leaving those things, he draws close to us as well. And so God is saying to me, submit. And God may be asking you right now to give up a sin that you know about. Or maybe it's not a sin. Maybe God is asking you to give up something that is a tightly held dream, or a person, or a possession, what is God asking us to submit? Can you hear him? Either way, I can guarantee you it's painful, 
It's risky. And it makes little sense in terms of, uh, in human terms. But submission isn't just about us. Submission is about the work that God wants to do in a much broader sense. And it's about other people. It's not just about us. And so he says, submit to me. That year I learned that submission to God is a process. It doesn't just happen. It's not something that I'm just going to walk into right away. It doesn't depend on me either, which is really good news, and I want you to hear this. Our submission does not depend on us. We pray, God, make me willing to be willing. Make me willing to be willing. And then, a verse that I like a whole lot, and it's also the good news, is that God does the work. In Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It is God that does the work. Come to him, submit to him, and allow him to begin that process. Well, maybe some of you are holding on to something so tightly that your knuckles feel a little bit white right now. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a reputation. Maybe it's a career path. But ask yourself this, what will happen to me if I free fall into the arms of God? What will happen? Will he catch me? Is it possible that all I truly long for, the desires of my heart, will be found as I free fall into God's arms? Well, submission, that wasn't my favorite word. My favorite word was this last one, and maybe one that you've not thought about before. And that is the word enjoy. Enjoy God? Enjoy God? How do I enjoy God? I've not really thought about him that way. This is what I learned. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Just let these words kind of sit there for a minute. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, well, all that sounds good. How do I delight myself in the Lord? How do I enjoy God? Well, I just offer one suggestion. There are a myriad of ideas here. But it's kind of a... I I started to think, what do I really, really enjoy? To help me understand what it means to enjoy God, what do I really enjoy? And so I thought of a Hawaii scenario. Now, maybe many of you have not been, been there. Some of you have. Uh, we, uh, for years and years, I wanted to go to Hawaii. We finally did. And, uh, and there were some things that I discovered as our family went to Hawaii that are very much um, what I enjoy and that I can relate into this relationship with God. The minute you get off that airplane, for those of you that have been, there is this smell in the air that is this wonderful floral smell in the air and there's this heavy air that you just kind of go ah yeah i love being here this is this is amazing I mean, it just kind of draws you this tropical wonderful scent in the air and each time i go to hawaii and i think it's partly because of the air and partly that wonderful smell and and the amazing beauty um i i rest I really rest. It's not like traveling around uh, the country or uh, taking a long road trip or any of that. 
I rest when I go there. I mean, I just feel it automatically. It's also wonderful um, that I want to go there again and again. I mean, I, uh, each experience is never enough. It's like, oh, can we go again? Can I stay longer? Can, can I just learn more um, about this place? And that's really the last thing that I thought about, is that each time I go, I want to discover more about the islands. I want to discover more snorkeling places. I want to discover uh, more attractive places to kind of go explore around. And, um, and I want to discover more. I remember, and, and this, this just kind of heightened my understanding a little bit. One time um, we were there and we took a, uh, one of those Zodiac boat trips and we went out. Um, we thought we were just kind of going out to do a little bit of snorkeling and the guy that was leading the, uh, the Zodiac trip was a little bit crazy and he said, let's go further out because I want to take you. There's, once again, the dolphin. And he said, There's a, there are about 400 dolphin out here and if we'll just park this, we'll just, you can just jump off and you can, you know, you can go and enjoy the dolphin. And, and, and we did that and I, I practically drowned. I was so excited out there. I mean, I was just above the water, under the water, just going crazy. Uh, filling up my snorkel, you know. I wanted to see them all. I wanted to hear them squeak and jump and, you know, all that kind of thing. Well, then we got back. I mean, that was good enough. I was ready to stop right there. But then we got back onto the boat. And, uh, and uh, it was just this wonderful, warm day. And I kind of straddled the side of that raft. And he sort of revved it up. And we started to head back toward the main island. And uh, the warm water was just kind of blowing in my face. And uh, my family, friends were there. And uh, it was so wonderful. And for a moment, have you ever had an experience like this? I just kind of felt lifted. I kind of went some other place. I felt like I was moved a little bit closer to God right there. It was, it was such magic. It was so enjoyable that I felt like God's like this. Enjoying God is about savoring, is about resting, is about adventure, is about exploring, is about just being with Him. Well, you probably have many of your own stories that you can tell from skiing down some wonderful mountain to... Uh, to paddling uh, through the ocean or whatever it might be. But that was one for me that helped me to understand what it was like to enjoy God. Well, so why don't we enjoy God? Why don't we enjoy God? What's the problem here? It doesn't sound reverent enough, does it? Some of us worry a whole lot that we're going to make God our buddy and he will not be holy enough to us. And I think that does happen sometimes. But I think that God truly desires for us to enjoy fellowship with Him. And so He draws us to that. And we don't need to worry that we're, that we're lessening who God is. Instead, we are drawing into His fellowship and His companionship. Other things that keep us from enjoying God are disbelief. I mean, some of us have that. That disbelief that you know, God is this, this big person, this big being out there, but I cannot have a personal relationship with him. And so we don't know about experiencing and enjoying God. For some of us, it's fear, isn't it? 
If I get too close to God, God is going to make me do things I don't want to do. <laughs> He's going to change my life. He's going to change my course. And I'm not into that. So we have this fear. And finally, there is what I am very concerned about on this campus. And we pray about all the time in our office. And that is busyness, stress. Those are with two big letters right there, busyness and stress. And we can't enjoy God because, quite frankly, we don't have any time to enjoy God. We are moving. And we're not just moving during the week and we're not just moving Saturday. We're moving right through Sunday and we just don't have time. We have an agenda And God is sitting on your bed and he's saying, enjoy me. I am here. I love you. I adore you. I want to give you abundant life if you will draw near to me. Well, I want to make it clear that I haven't mastered listening, submitting, or enjoying God. No, as a matter of fact, I feel very much like a novice. It almost seems that when God gave me these three things in that class that fall, uh, it was the beginning of a whole new thing for me. And I am, I am just learning. But the reasons for sharing this seminary experience are these. To remind you that God speaks in many ways and in many unexpected places. To tell you he has something specifically to say to each one of you. God has something specifically to say to each one of you if you will listen to him. And I say these things with the prayer that God will use my experience, my, okay, Kathy, listen, submit, enjoy, that he will use my experience to speak to you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You're dismissed.